Hey everybody, this is Joe with the Pause Points Podcast. Uh, here as usual to talk about the past week or two in movies, TV, and in video games. I'm here joined by Faith and Chad, and we're going to hop right to it because Chad actually might have to split here in a little bit. So as usual, <laughs> we're going to dive into uh, what we're playing, what we're watching. Faith, why don't you start us off with ladies first? Uh, so this last week was the finale, the farewell season of American Idol. Um, so I watched sad. this last season basically because I've watched every other season. I don't think it was the the best one they've ever put on, but I wanted to see it through to the end. Just watching the one and a half hour special the night before and the actual finale, it really was amazing to see how many recognizable names came from this phenomenon, this first real foray into reality television. They were talking about how Ryan Seacrest taught America how to text. I mean, he told you how to text vote. vote. He's like, you (laughs) need to push these buttons to vote on your phone. And just how far it's come and how many other television shows now take on that format. So it really was eye-opening and a good reality check of how important this show was to pop culture. So whether a lover or a hater, um, you can't deny the impact it's had on our society and kind of the way we view media now. Would you would you say, though, that look back was probably more exciting than the actual entire last season? I think so. <laughs> and, and watching the finale, it's actually kind of interesting. The two finalists only sang two little songs. And it wasn't like they were with a big band or anything. It was basically bringing back all of the old... People, you know, like Carrie Underwood, um, you had Kelly Clarkson, you had the highlights of the ones you've probably been rooting for for each of the seasons. And then, oh, at the end, Trent Harmon won. Yay. And yeah. that was about it. So it was kind Spoilers. of weird <laughs> in that. Well, if you don't know that, then you're not on any social media. But right. um, but it was a good flashback to, to see kind of how far it had come. Chad, did you ever watch that? You know, I watched it for about maybe four years in the middle. I didn't start with it, and I haven't watched it for a long time. But there was definitely some years in the middle that I watched it. And it never occurred to me until you just said that about how there was so much, you know, kind of pop culture stuff now that's around that and the texting and everything. And it made me think, I remember when I first started watching it, you couldn't even text. You you were supposed to dial the 800 number to vote. And since you're watching it now, and I haven't seen it in so long, do they even still have an 800 number? Or is it just completely text-based now? No, I think you can call. I think you can text. There's also voting on Google. All I do is like Google American Idol and the finalists come up. So you can just kind of give your 20 points to each person. It's really interesting how really? different it is is from the beginning and how it has changed every single season. Um, one year they did an app. I don't even know if they have the app anymore, but now it's just vote on Google. Cause like you said, Chad, Google's going to take over the world. That's right. <laughs> I, I have totally, I have totally embraced Googleness, and I, I just go with it cause I know it's going to be there, but yeah. I, I can't even remember the last season that I watched American Idol. It's been a long time ago now though. The season I remember the most um, I think there was a, a contestant named, I think her name was Melinda Doolittle, if I remember. And I thought she was fantastic. Yeah. So I, I remember that one and a couple other random ones. So. Yep. So I enjoyed it. I now watch The Voice and I'll probably continue to watch The Voice. The, the little bit I've seen of The Voice, the talent is just unbelievably so much better than it has been on American Idol. Like, I don't really care about any of these shows, but I end up getting sucked into them as they're being watched in the background usually. I, I just... 
it's become painful to actually hear American Idol in the background compared to... And I think the production quality has not been as good as other shows. Even the professional singers that come on there sometimes just don't sound quite right. So anyway, so Chad, what have you been watching? I know that generally my my part is stuff with movies too, but um, so I've totally been slacking. I have not watched any new releases lately, at least, but I've I've definitely dived in to some television through the the beauty of Netflix and Hulu. And so the one I wanted to mention is I was super excited in the last couple of weeks because the sixth season of Archer was released on Netflix. And then they've started the seventh season. I didn't start watching it until about a year ago. And so I binge watched the whole thing on Netflix. And then I was going through withdrawals because I got to this point and I couldn't see anymore. So I went back. And so now that season six was on there, watched the whole thing of that and started the seventh one. I really thought it was very good. Uh, for anybody that follows Archer, the fifth season, they they did a complete you know rearrangement of the format and uh, their spy agency was you know canned and they ended up becoming <laughs> they all ended up becoming drug dealers then that ended and so the sixth season they became a part of the cia and so there was some really funny storylines with that i did notice and i i haven't looked it up to see but a lot of the the shows on season six um the jessica walter character mallory archer so the older sort of matriarch who in, is one of my favorite characters. She is absolutely hysterical. She was not in season six as much. Her her role was kind of diminished. And I don't know if, if she was doing something else. She wasn't available for some of it. I'm not really sure. I think there may have even been in one episode that she wasn't in at all. Season seven, which has had another kind of reboot again, too. I don't know if this is going to be sort of an annual thing that they're doing Are they now. kind of on, uh, like, whether or not they're coming back? Like, it's kind of questionable after the end of each season? Because sometimes... I, I do know that happens with shows that we watch that, you know, people in the show don't even know whether or not they're coming back next season. So that's kind of season to season. Yeah. So they're waiting around to see. And so they've done a reboot for season seven where they've moved locations now and they've become a detective agency. So they're all private investigators now. And and there's only been a couple episodes of that thus far, but it's it's been quite good. But her role is back up. She's she's been in more of that again. And I think she's great notable i guess from season six is the absence uh, of the character the the very long-suffering uh valet for sterling archer is woodhouse and he was gone from season six mostly because the the actor who had played him uh passed away he had been sick and then and then passed away so woodhouse is gone woodhouse provided me some of the best humor that i had seen earlier in the in the series when we find out that he was actually this highly decorated World War One veteran and owned a bar in Algiers. His backstory was hysterical. <laughs> so, so um, measuring this up with, I, I still have yet to watch an episode of this show, and I know how much you like it, and I know how much mm-hmm. you love The Simpsons. Are the two similar in any way, shape, or form, or like? You know, it's a lot edgier than The Simpsons. Okay. The, you know, Do you think I it mean, was created as a result of The Simpsons era viewer growing up. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I, I guess I FX think the and Simpsons, Fox are the same. Yeah, yeah I, I truly believe The Simpsons laid the groundwork for so many animated series that have come. Because you know, prior to The Simpsons, there hadn't been a primetime animated series I think since The Flintstones. I mean, that was, and so there <laughs> yeah. was a huge, there That's was a true. whole era that was out of that. And so I think The Simpsons laid the groundwork for these kind of things. It's so interesting to me to remember though when The Simpsons started, of 
the amount of backlash that it got about stuff because people said, oh, this this cartoon is awful and and you know, oh my goodness, cartoon characters might swear and they talk about things and all this stuff. And you know, by 1989 standards, when I go back and look at some of that, it is com- so mild to what animated series are doing today. So I watch right. The Simpsons, some of the early seasons, and think, oh my goodness, people thought at the time that that was fairly racy. And then you go to Archer where they spend an entire season selling cocaine. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I think you can see that for constantly. a lot of television shows. Just Yeah, not just animation in general. Television yeah, and, in general has and, gotten I mean, a lot there more was, gritty. There was a fairly, fairly suggestive... I mean, it left nothing really to the imagination. The Simpsons never came anywhere close to some of this, and people thought it was bad. Mm. Um, but I do... I love the humor in it, though. I do. I think it's really fun. But, you know, parents that are listening, it is definitely... It is not a series that I would let my little kids watch. But <laughs> that, Simpsons is great. Little kids should watch every episode of The Simpsons. It's wonderful. <laughs> that that particularly has me worried when you think about something like, you know, we talked about MacGyver coming back recently on our Facebook page, and mm-hmm. I hope it doesn't go too much into that territory that they keep it, they keep it, you know, closer to what it was going to be, the way it's been in the past. And Henry Wrinkler's part of that as well, so I think, you know, him and his happy days mentality will help keep that that more. Oh yeah. Does, so. <laughs> All right. So Joe, what have you been watching or playing? Uh, right now, watching. I, I've been catching up on a lot of stuff. Still, unfortunately, have not gotten in a Daredevil. I really wanted to, but uh, for those of you who listened to our Batman versus Superman review, you'll know that it went up about a week and a half later than we expected. Um, I was sitting in the movie theater watching it, and the last half of the movie is kind of a blur. Uh, because I ended up getting like a bad stomach flu. So that whole week, we were out of town, and a few days after that, I was kind of in a fever dream with a stomach flu, so I got way behind in TV shows. So I've been catching up on stuff like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, Arrow, Flash, so uh, it's been a lot of catch-up right now. Still deep into Far Cry 4. Uh, The only thing new I've actually played is uh, something called Helldivers, and I got into that with uh, one of my neighbors, and for those of you moviegoers out there that are aware of the movie Starship Troopers, (laughs) it's a movie that's very near and dear to my heart, how ridiculously over-the-top. It came out in the early 2000s, had some groundbreaking uh, special effects in it when it came out, but it felt like an 80s movie. Very machismo, over the top, um, you know, very much like a Schwarzenegger or a Robocop type of movie and some just ridiculously awesome things that they say. It's a big cult classic, but this game is kind of modeled after that. So it's just all kinds of fun when you're when you're playing it with uh, people either on the couch next to you or, or me and my buddy are playing over uh, over the PlayStation Network. So I'll, I'll be... Uh, reporting in with more about how I feel about that and possibly doing a review here down the road. Cool. Sounds like fun. Yeah. All right. So let's uh, jump right into our movies pause point. A pretty big trailer dropped this week. It's the trailer for Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. And Faith lost her mind. I did. I think I've watched it. I'm not even kidding. I've watched it 10 times. I've watched all of the Rewind trailers. I've learned what everyone thinks the theories are. Um, So we won't go into that too much, but I thought it was interesting, uh, the name of the movie. We thought it was going to be called like a Star Wars anthology or something. It it is called Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. Right. So some other ones that are going to be the in-betweens are going to be a standalone Boba Fett uh, movie and a standalone Han Solo movie. So they, they take place not in 
the timeline we're used to, Rogue One is going to be set a few years before Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. So they think that the main idea is they're trying to find the uh, plans for the Death Star. So that's going to be the main plot line. Chad, did you get a, a chance to see this trailer? No, I, I'm still trying to follow how you just described what this is. Because there's... <laughs> so now, you know I'm a latecomer to the Star Wars. And yes. so the Star Wars... Like, Star Wars is what you just called A New Hope, right? Yes. And so so this is part of the Star Wars, but it's not a part yes, so, of the Star Wars. <laughs> yes. So mainly the Star Wars stories follow the Skywalkers. So that's kind of who we focus on with them. This is not going to have a lot of the main characters that we have. So we're not probably going to see any Skywalkers. Uh, yes. Yeah, so in episode four, oh, A New okay. Hope, it says, we stole the plans for the Death Star. We just assumed they got them somehow. And now we're going to go destroy the Death Star. But this is telling how that happened, like how that occurred. The team that was put together to steal the plans for the Death Star. So Yeah. And this is called Rogue One. And I, I was actually telling Joe earlier. What if they don't get the plans for the Death Star? The next movie will have to be Rogue Two. Whoops, we messed up. So we got to keep trying to find the <laughs> it's plans. It's a trilogy. <laughs> yeah, Rogue One, Rogue Two, Rogue Three. We finally find the plans for the Death Star. I don't think that's what it's going to really be, but I think not. that's kind of. Fun. I really hope these are nice little one-offs, and yeah. I can see, I can see there being more than one movie when it comes to something like a, a Han Solo, a young Han Solo movie, or, or something like that. Mm-hmm. But um, I really do hope that this is just kind of a one-off and, and it's good in and of its own right. Yeah. So something so, notable that's going to happen with this, John Williams is not scoring this movie. You will hear the <laughs> traditional... <laughs> Chad, Chad's going Chad crazy. Is physically he's like, that's upset. the only reason I like these movies. Um, but you will hear the themes, but he's not doing the whole score. Kind of like he did the first Harry Potter, but he didn't carry on with the rest of them. Mm-hmm. And I have real problems with that, too. But, you know, mm-hmm. move, move on, move on. Well, he can only do so much. He's, he's only got so much awesome to pass but we, around. But we've heard some great themes in Star Wars Rebels. They've, they've done a really good job with the music. So I think yeah. that taking the notes that he's created and expanding on that, I think it'll work pretty well. And this guy actually did the last couple Harry Potter movies. So he's 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 uh, kind of come up behind John Williams before. He's like and the J.J. Abrams to George Lucas. As it's Alexander Desplat is to John Williams. <laughs> so he's kind of taken the reins. Uh, some other things with the Rogue One. I had a thought maybe some uh, characters from Star Wars Rebels might be able to show up. It's still it's still weird how Rebels is going to tie into the rest of the universe. The timing is still... I don't think they've, they've really delved in publicly to where all these things fall as far as timing. There's rumors that the, the animated Rebels TV show is going to lead into... This Rogue One, kind of like uh, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. leads into the Marvel movies like Civil War. Uh, so I think they're going to try to mirror that to some extent. But it's it's kind of weird how all these characters, I mean, they're, they're not going to, the animated series characters aren't going to be in the movie, are they? I mean. I don't know. But it does say, they did say that's going to tie in at the end of season three of Rebels. Another cool thing, they brought back Mon Mothma. I think that that was the unexpected, like, fan crazy reaction is Mon Mothma is in it and she had maybe two lines in the original trilogy but they recast her and so her character's back and she's the redhead in the white dress right yeah the redhead in the white dress I know it's not the same actress actress as was in the original series but man she looks she looks the part spot on Yeah. yeah I saw Return of the Jedi 
I don't really have anything else to to contribute to this. I I just wanted to feel relevant. Again. Well, Faith could literally, and she very well might, do an entire side podcast just off of this Rogue One trailer reaction. So I'm I'm just so excited. I was saying. With episode seven, I wanted to stay as far away from spoilers as possible. I did not want to know anything that was happening. For some reason with Rogue One, I'm completely opposite. I want to know everything about this movie. And it's, it's just different because it's it's so unknown. It's not a story that we... Well, it's new territory. Yeah, yeah it is new territory. Yeah. So. So, if, so if the Star Wars is Cheers, I should think of this as Frasier. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good Absolutely. <laughs> See, now that makes sense. That's a, that's a great analogy. Yeah. <laughs> Um, something else that I did this week, I went to the Cleveland International Film Festival. It's their 40th festival. It was in downtown Cleveland and Tower City. And I didn't have a lot of time to see um, a ton of things. I mean, I have a whole program booklet in front of me that's 200 pages long of just talking about the different films. <laughs> she saw them all. <laughs> <laughs> but I did go to um, the family program a couple, if you have a chance to watch these, these were my favorites. There's one called Love is a Sting. It's about a mosquito that that has traveled for 20 years and knows English and Spanish. And um, it's kind of her her story of relating to a human. Another one. It's not your, animated, right? It's no, live action. It was live action. Of course, the mosquito was like a CG mosquito. Um, another one. Foos Your Daddy. Very short, but it's about this epic game of foosball between father and son. And <laughs> the last one I would suggest is called The Gnomist. In Kansas, there's a little fairy forest and someone kind of does gorilla gnome house building. So there are these little houses in the bottom of tree trunks and they'll um, just have cute little colored doors. So as you're walking through this um, path, you kind of come across this. No. And it kind of tells the story of how it's impacted the community. Now, to clarify, you say gorilla gnome house building. You no. mean like sneaking in yeah, like, places. Yeah, like gorilla warfare. But not, not like they're gorilla gnomes. Gorilla <laughs> like, gnomes. Yeah. Gorilla, not gorilla. Yes, yes. Um, so those are my favorites. Uh, there were some other cute little short ones. The Escape. Uh, Violet, it was, I think, had the voice of Littlefinger from Game of Thrones. He was the narrator. And Aria for a Cow was somehow related to Disney animation, but it was so weird. It wasn't my favorite one. So Love is a Sting, Foo's Your Daddy, and The Gnomist. Those are the ones I would suggest watching the... when they come out like on, on YouTube, somewhere on the internet, if you can find them. That'd be what great. about the game one that you were telling me about? There was one called Animation versus Minecraft, and it was cool. It all took place on a computer screen. I liked the idea it was like stick figures and they discover the Minecraft tools and start building the stuff and fighting each other. It just went on too long. It could have been like seven minutes. And I feel like it lasted 20 minutes. It, it just felt long, but it was cool. It was it was neat. And all the kids loved that when you could tell that they came to life because they play Minecraft. I don't know much about Minecraft, so I didn't get all the inside jokes, but all the kids seemed to. So but that was good for them. All in all, it was a really cool event, a lot of fun, and they've been doing this for a long time. So if you're interested, come next year to the Cleveland International Film Festival. All right. That sounds great. Yeah. Next year, we'll all have to to check it out and see what they have. But it was cool because I got to vote at the end, too, like what my favorite oh, nice. um, family shorts were as well. So um, I think Joe wanted to talk real quick about Batman v Superman. and Chad, I don't know if you 
listen to our review of Batman versus Superman. Go go ahead and listen to it now. It's it's out there on SoundCloud and and iTunes and stuff. But um, one of the things that I predicted is a huge drop off, and I know we were recording this late. That actually was the case because they reported that I think it had like a, a close to seventy percent drop off from wow the first weekend as far as people going to see it now. When when a movie does, what did it do its first weekend? One hundred sixty million, I think. Oh no, it did more than that. I think it was. I think it did close in the. I think it did in the two hundred million range, for. No. No, it did Face not. Be, it did no. not beat Star Wars. I have to tell you that. And Star Wars made like two hundred seven. Oh, okay, well, Face looking that up right now. But the the, the oh, drop off made one hundred sixty six point one million oh, domestically. You're right. I'm sorry. But what did it make <laughs> worldwide? Worldwide, it made two hundred fifty four million. Okay, so yeah, so that's where I'm getting my two hundreds from. So and and you know a good percentage of that is going to drop off when you're making a quarter of a billion dollars in your first weekend. That's that's known to happen, but. These are these are epic drop offs. Seventy uh, percent is huge, and the the funny thing is, is it's coming around about seven hundred million right now. Five hundred million of that, roughly, is coming. You know, four or five hundred million of that is coming from international territories. It's not even coming domestically. Uh, and and stuff that I think really makes these movies cross over a billion is the repeat viewings. You see that with Marvel movies, you see that with Star Wars, uh, you know, you see that with Harry Potter movies. But this was this was a huge drop off and I, I really think it says a lot to what we talked about in the review is how Zack Snyder really doesn't get these characters and there's really nothing endearing about them to make people come back and and want to see nothing at all endearing about them. The humor or the Chad to put this in your terms, this is like the war horse. Oh man! Oh, I don't um, know if DC I go movies. that far. <laughs> the, the War Horse is like Chad's worst movie ever. I wouldn't say this is the worst. I I would say it's one of the worst DC movies. It's pretty ever. bleak. Yeah, it, it's pretty bleak and humorless, and and the characters are are good. The action is good. Uh, I'm, I said the characters are good. One of the characters is good. You know, uh, Wonder Woman's character is really good. The action scenes are good, but he's a very very visual director. So. Um, he's, I think he'd be, be better off making, you know, music videos and, and commercials and stuff like that. I think he'd be really good making Wonder Woman. I feel like that's, that would have been the movie for him to do. But if you want to hear our, our full review of this, please, please um, go over and check that out. We spent 45 minutes talking about just these things. So, so. Um, but the, the the one last thing I will say about Batman vs Superman that just did come out that I thought was very funny because they threw Batman into this movie because they thought Man of Steel, the original Superman movie, didn't do that well profit wise, even though it made a ton of money. It made over well over five hundred million. The funny thing about this is even with Batman in the title, with the higher budget, it looks like reports from Bloomberg are showing that. Uh, it may not even make as much as Man of Steel made after everything is accounted for. It might actually make less than Man of Steel. So, wow. Yeah, I think there are some other things they possibly need to look at directors as far as um <laughs> as far as yeah. what to change in the in the next installment, which is which is concerning because another thing we talked about in the review is that the same director is doing the Justice League movie. Yeah, so. but I also think that we all we need to be conscious of the movie market, whereas. The U.S. box office used to be the number one. China yeah. is very close to taking that over. Yeah. And Star Wars, Force Awakens, and Batman uh, versus Superman, they did not do well in China. And they need to kind of 
go towards that market a little bit. And something that did happen in Rogue One, they have two like superstar actors from China in that movie. Well, you're seeing a lot more of that nowadays. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they are putting that in there. So they have Donnie Yen and John Wen in that movie. And I mean, they are pretty awesome. They have the, um, he doesn't even have a sword. It's just a stick. And he has gone crazy on some stormtroopers. So I think they're definitely trying to market a little bit more towards that international, towards the Chinese market. Yeah. Yeah. Transformers has done that. There's, the last Iron Man movie filmed a lot in China, yeah. but I don't think they had. I think there were actual special scenes that we didn't see in the States in Iron Man 3 that were specifically only showed in China that had Chinese actors. Yeah. So so it's a it's a really big market that we need to be aware of as we yep. move forward. That's cool. I never thought anything about that, but it, it does make sense when, mm-hmm. when I think through it. It just never really occurred to me. Yeah, and something that did also hurt Star Wars Force Awakens, it didn't open at the same time in the markets. It opened in China, I think, nine days later, or maybe even two oh. weeks later. So that kind of hurt that opening box office yeah. there as well. I mean, they were really hurting there. It was, yeah. <laughs> it was a struggle <laughs> right, for Force right. Awakens yeah. for a while. We're gonna, yeah, we're going to see them begging on the corner soon. Yeah. 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 Uh, the, next, the next thing was, uh, I think we talked about it on the last podcast, The Little Prince. That they yeah, just, we did. The mm-hmm. distribution just up and got dropped. Yeah, what the heck happened? Okay, so, well, it turns out that uh, Netflix picked them up for exclusive rights. And it's going to be streaming <laughs> on Netflix in some future date. They good don't, for them. They don't... Uh, they I, don't huh? I just keep thinking, like, oh, good old reliable Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Getting everybody else's scraps. <laughs> That's right. They'll take anything. Swooping in. Well, the sad the thing is, this movie this movie won some awards at a couple of film festivals and, and actually has already grossed $100 million internationally. Like, it's been out wow. in other territories, but it just got dropped for its American release. Uh, but Netflix will be picking that up. No no release date, I don't think, yet on, on when that will actually be coming out. But I just wanted to touch on that because I know that was something that we talked about last weekend or yeah. last podcast. So um, something else that I thought was interesting that we touched on our last podcast as well, we were, or actually is the podcast before, it might have been our first one when we went to do the Civil War panel, we were talking about Chris Evans and, and his kind of 180 that he made with... He wanted to go on off his own directing. He didn't want to do Captain America anymore. Now he all of a sudden really wants to do Captain America. Uh, it turns out that Jennifer Lawrence was doing an interview recently, and she says she can't. What what would she specifically say? She can't wait to do more X Men movies. She's. I don't she, know the exact quote, but yeah, she's kind of backtracking she, a little bit there. Yeah, she she said she's quote dying to do more X Men movies. Uh, in her interview, she recently has, and she just recently. This is she's kind of pulling a Chris Evans here because she recently went on record talking about how she's she's kind of happy they're wrapping up. She wants to do more stuff in her life. Uh, that the makeup and she's actually concerned about the physical damage it might be doing to her body long term to be wearing all that makeup and and uh, you know inhaling all those fumes and stuff like that. So she ought to be careful. She you know if Buddy Ebsen was alive, he would tell her that makeup can kill you. Yeah, you know, he darn near yeah. died from Wizard of Oz. Yeah, so you know, she she needs to look into these things. She yeah. may not want to go down that path. Yep. Yeah, didn't they have to change the formula for Wizard of Oz because like the glitter got in his eye or something? 
Yeah, um, it was uh, the metallic based. It was almost like paint for the makeup, mm-hmm. and he was inhaling it, and it caused him <laughs> so like, irreparable lung paint. damage. Yeah, he was he was in the hospital for for weeks from that, and they ended up. I mean, they had to change out the actors, and he wasn't even able to to do the <laughs> film. Yeah, and he, he was said, originally a Tin Man, right? Yeah, he was yeah. he was the original Tin Man, and they hired him because of his his he was an old song and dance man, and his particular style of dancing and everything fit that so well. But they ended up they had to change him out, and he he said he had irreparable lung damage from it that actually affected him the rest of his life, and it Jeez, almost please. killed him. Wow. So you know, if Jennifer Lawrence is listening, you know, not trying to influence anything like that, just saying, look at history. Yeah. Well, what do you what do you think? Do you think that has anything to do with her Oscar, her lack of Oscars this year, or anything like that? She needs a paycheck still. <laughs> I mean, I I can't imagine that she's hurting for money or anything like that. But you know, maybe that it could have something to do with that, or you know, there could be any number of other things out there that that will come out later that will be like, oh, that was it. Yeah. yeah. Now, right. Now we understand. <laughs> I'm just thinking she's seen all her franchises drop off, and maybe she's getting worried about a paycheck in the future. But okay. <laughs> Oh, and while we're on the Marvel movie front, we're talking about Jennifer Lawrence and X-Men. Also, Spider-Man. Uh, there are some rumors that the solo Spider-Man film that'll be coming out after the new Spider-Man's appearance in Civil War is going to be titled Homecoming. And I'm not familiar with this line of comics, but apparently Homecoming is a title of a, a run of Spider-Man comics where Iron Man and... I believe Steve Rogers, Captain America, actually make an appearance. So everyone's speculating now that they might, since Marvel's deal between them and Sony says that Spider-Man will come into their universe, and Marvel's part of the MCU now, so any of their characters can come into his universe as well. Yeah, that's interesting that both Iron Man and Captain America might be in that because we're all speculating who's going to make it through Civil War. Well, I think they're both going to make it through Civil War now, but... At the same time, that's what's in the comics. Yeah. So, not, I mean, they could always write it as another movie. character would come in or something like that. So, But I, I thought it was interesting because even at one point in time in an interview, I think Robert Downey Jr. let slip that they had to go back to Atlanta and be in that hot weather for, for shooting the Spider-Man movie later. So it sounds like even if it's for a cameo or something, they might very well be in there. But which cool. we could get in a whole big issue with that about, you know, how does that affect their contracts and stuff at this point in time but again captain america steve rogers chris evans is begging to be in more marvel movies now just like jennifer lawrence so i don't think they're they're too worried about that i think they're probably more worried about how many more does robert downey jr have in him than than chris evans but uh and last but not least while we're talking about uh these types of movies fast eight uh, clearly not a Marvel movie, so I don't know where I was going with on that one. But uh, Fast Casting Eight, casting news, <laughs> yeah, right. Fast Eight is uh, is going to be filming soon, and uh, Charlize Theron and a Game of Thrones actor are confirmed to be cast uh, in unconfirmed roles in that movie. I think that's right on point. I think it makes perfect sense. They seem to, as these movies go on, they seem to make more and more sense with their casting. And who's in certain movies at that time? And Charlie Theron coming right off of Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah, it just I makes really sense like for where her honest. career is going right now. I like the direction she's yeah. taking. I think she's making some really smart choices um, with accepting some different roles 
Yeah, and I and I hope she, you know, of course, loses the shaved head. But it'd be kind of cool if she played more of a role like she had in the Italian Job with Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, that was a great role. That was a great movie and a great role. And I and I can see her playing something more. Or you know, I'd love to see her as the villain, honestly, as well. Ooh, that would be good. That would be great. Like she can play. I mean, Snow White and the Huntsman. She's the equal queen. Oh yeah. I so know she's that. she could play a really good villain. She could play either one. I'd like to be surprised. Maybe halfway through, you don't know. Well, the the addition of Kurt Russell in the last one was great. Uh, it just made sense. The Rock it made sense. So maybe maybe they'll keep the villain thing all in the family, and maybe she's like Jason Statham's cousin or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wants true. revenge, you mm-hmm. know, since the you know Jason Statham was the brother of the guy from the movie before that so could be a jailbreak movie or something like that you never know that'd be cool maybe all three of them get together and well no the other guys yeah the other guy's dead spoilers yeah (laughs) (laughs) from a from a eight-year-old movie but yeah Yeah. so i think that wraps up uh the movies pause point we had to say goodbye to chad yeah chad had had to run so we're gonna keep on going and he'll be with us for the next one yeah we'll get him locked down for the next one he's a he's a busy guy so so television so what's going on in the television world joe okay so one of the things that i was catching up on while i was sick and and right afterwards was uh, a show that uh, has gotten mixed reviews but it's one of those this season that is it's a new show this season that is slowly but uh, surely i think built up as far as how good it's gotten that's blind spot uh now this is this is uh produced by greg bertlani uh he's the guy behind you know he's kind of becoming the new uh, Kurtzman, Orsi, you know, the the two guys who did Transformers and then went into Fringe and Hawaii Five-0. And, and they've they were, done a lot of television. Yeah, they're kind of the golden boys of television that that, that joined up with J.J. Abrams. Uh, Greg Bertlani, he's done all the Flash and Arrow and um, Supergirl, and now he's branching off into non-superhero type things, producing stuff like Blind But still, Spot it has and, that great uh, canon, that lore. Yeah, that yeah, he's created, building a great so universe with them. So I can definitely see how he fits into that world. Yeah, so he's he's like a super producer right now, but this is one of his shows that he's brought out, and ironically, uh, as another tie to a comic book movie universe, uh, it stars Jamie Alexander, who plays uh, Lady Sif in... Uh, Thor, Thor mm-hmm. and Agents of Shield. She makes an appearance there as well, mm-hmm. and I love her character. She is just she amazing. was the the Wonder Woman that got away. Yeah, she she was. I think she was at one point in time su- supposed to be Wonder Woman before Gal. She was Dott. in talk co- talks, but I think that her contract with Marvel wouldn't let her. Yeah, that, I think that's where that it her fell schedule. Apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so but um, it is a good show. I I really like how they've kind of created this mystery surrounding her and the tattoos. And it's really interesting because you they can keep adding tattoos. It's not like you've seen every tattoo on her body. So as the story progresses, it'll be interesting how they can kind of tie in a new tattoo here and there to make sure it goes the way you want it to go. Yeah, I didn't really it's think been, about it's that. It's been kind of a slow start to the show. I haven't been as invested in it as other shows, but I do like the characters and I think they've gotten to a point they've gotten kind of past the initial mystery part and now they can get, get into more like a case of the week and yeah. one overarching storyline. I mean, it's very, it's very procedural and I'm not, I'm not usually into super procedural shows, but it's good. And she's a great character. The main guy, he's a little wooden, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I, I see his character progressing a little bit. Yeah, as well, I just want so. her to smile. 
I feel like she has not smiled one time this whole show. She is beautiful. She's she has such a great personality she has in those big the Thor doe movies. Eyes and, yeah, yeah, but she she's so serious and so sad. I just want her to have one lighthearted episode, yeah. which kind of contrasts to another show that I know that we've been catching up on is Limitless. Limitless hmm. has such a lighthearted air about it. It's, yeah. it's joking and it has very serious moments, but because of the way the show is set up, they can make it super lighthearted and you wouldn't even know. Like one whole episode they replaced like the word guns with like cartoon kids show words. Yeah. And it, it was just <laughs> really true. fun how they, they make it so light and fun and you look forward to looking at doing that show, but Blind Spot is very serious. Or they on tell the other side. they tell a character side story in, in comic book panels. Yeah, it's really make cool. Make them sound more awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's one show that yeah. I have enjoyed um finally catching up on because I I just really like the setup. It, if you don't know about Limitless, it comes directly from the Bradley Cooper movie of the same name. I was unsure about how they were going yeah, to talk do it about without a show right him. out of nowhere. Like, yeah, I was unsure how, how they're going to do it without Bradley Cooper. He shows up every once in a while, but super short because you know he's a big movie actor. But the the main character, I really enjoyed watching him grow and how he fills those shoes very nicely. And it's just funny to see how invested Bradley Cooper is in this show. Yeah. Like he's made several appearances and he's gone on record saying, I'm all for this. I love this movie. I love this series idea. And it was never like, you know, a gangbusters movie when it came out. And and I don't feel like Bradley Cooper had that much to say about it when it came out, but he must he must love the idea and the premise behind it. So yeah. So now I think what we're going to do is, is originally me and Chad were going to talk some Better Call Saul, but I'm actually really glad that he had to go because I have not done any catching up on Better Call Saul yet. I've got about four episodes I'm behind on, and I want to talk this with him. But so, we wish Chad were here. Yeah, we. well, I do wish Chad were here, yeah. <laughs> Man, we're glad he's gone. <laughs> no, um... You know, I want to talk this, so I'm gonna I'm gonna make it a point this next week or so to to catch up on Better Call Saul, and then then me and Chad will hopefully dive into that a little better. But right now, I think Faith, you wanted to talk about ever looming endangered TV series. Yeah, uh, so we'll list. just kind of talk about the shows that we watch. Mainly, we're not gonna list all of them. The first one is Marvel's Agent Carter. I finally finished um, that last season the last episode i was happy with where it ended if if we don't get another season of agent carter i'll be okay i'll be sad because i like seeing that era on television yeah but but for us to have gotten two years of that i feel really lucky yeah i love that era as well especially since they moved it out to the golden age of hollywood this year yeah um, it was great seeing that and if it does end it does that's great it'll be the first marvel property to really yeah, get that the hasn't slash. been a, a super success. Yeah, I mean, between, so its chance of renewal is low. Yeah, between Daredevil and Jessica Jones and Agents of Shield, even Agents of Shield started out a little a little skitty there. And I think, I think ABC in conjunction with Disney, I know they're all all owned by you know the Disney parent company, but they actually, for those who don't know it, they all operate in, as individual entities. Um, I think Disney and ABC gave Agents of Shield the push where normally it might have been canceled. Uh, and it's turned out fine. It's actually it's actually gained more of a viewership, I believe. So um, they're doing good, and we're we're catching up on Agents of Shield right now. You are too, as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. And and that's that's actually getting really good reviews, and I'm enjoying that every season as that goes on. It gets yeah, I kind of forget about how much I like it if I go Until on a little hiatus, and then I'm like, yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. these characters and why I like it so much. And um, it's funny because each season 
Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. ties into a major Marvel movie. So Yeah, so it's going to tie directly probably into Civil War. Right, and the first season tied into Winter Soldier. Yeah. And that completely changed the landscape of that show. For those of you who've seen Gosh, Winter Soldier. immediately after watching the movie, you're like, how is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. going to go yeah, on? Yeah, I mean, completely changed it. And then season two was kind of a short little fart of a tie-in with, <laughs> with uh, Avengers Age of Ultron. They made like one... It tied in with Age of Ultron, but Agent Al- Age of Ultron didn't really like right exactly go back to yeah. The, but they the mentioned show. something after Age of Ultron came out. I so. feel like that's the way it's always going to be. I don't think we're ever going to hear about the characters from the TV show in any of the major movies. But I think that the right. plot, the big things that happen in the movies, will directly affect. But in in all fairness, too, Captain America has more of a tie in with Shield, the organization Shield, yeah, than any any other real movie. Yeah. In the Marvel Universe. So it makes sense. So. All right. The next one, I watch Elementary. Um, It has about a 50-50 chance of renewal. I'd like to see it get that season five. That's usually where the 100 episode comes in for syndication and all of that. It's it's a good show. It's not the first thing I run to as soon as it records. I'll give it some time where I, I might get three in a row and then I'll watch them. Um, But I do, I do like the storytelling of it. And I like Lucy Liu as Watson. It's a pretty good show. Um, I'm glad she's got something. I like her. Yeah. Um, Gallivant, I watched the first season of that, and it was a struggle to get through. It has a low chance of renewal. Did you watch the second season, though? No. I, I just I stopped. I couldn't handle it. Yeah. It, it was just it got the a X. half an hour out of my life that I just I didn't need to give up that half time. Half an hour? I thought it was a full hour show. I think it's a half. I don't even remember. That's, out of your 100 shows that you're watching, it got the X. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Grimm got renewed if you haven't watched this show please 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 catch up on it it's just a lot of fun it's a wild ride every single time it's on we actually talked about this on our facebook page as soon as it got renewed we all kind of jumped for joy uh it's it's really a cool show i i don't even know what genre to tell you to if you like this genre it's it's so unique so its own it's a procedural it's got a little bit of supernatural elements into the it most, fairy tales it's the a most lot of fun. long-term overarching storylines of any show yeah. i think i've ever seen they'll reference something in season one and they didn't like turn around and actually resolve it until recently uh, <laughs> for the hundredth episode so yeah um and it, and it works it actually works and it's one of those rare shows i know we've talked about in the past but it, it's not seeming long in the tooth even though it's going into its sixth season no it's, i'm always excited to watch it yeah yeah, they've done a nice job. I think Chad was going to talk about the Muppets. He's just now caught up on everything up until now, but it has a low chance of renewal. Not a shocker. And I think because it didn't know what its audience was. It didn't know what it was. It, yeah, yeah, I, I think it it went so far towards an adult audience and adult jokes that it alienated maybe some kids that would have wanted to watch yeah. this show. It was it was weird because I imagine a lot of families sitting down to watch that with their kids. And then covering their kids' ears and having them walk out of the room halfway through the first first part of the season. And I think Disney ABC realized that and did a complete 180. But at that point in time, it was too late. I don't I don't think yeah. it'll come back, which breaks my heart because I remember growing up and I know this is going to date me. I was on the tail end of the Muppets being on TV. Still, they had like a musical, you know, comedy show that the mm-hmm. whole family could watch. And this was this was not that. And I, I think some people. Uh, liked it, but I don't think it's going to find a big enough audience. Even though, even though Chad seems to be liking it right now, I'm wondering what he's going to feel about the second half of the season after they pulled the 180. Yeah, I know they made some changes. I just didn't like Miss Piggy at all. But I mean, Miss Piggy was always a diva, but in this, she just I didn't. Well, you've like never her. been a big Muppets fan, right? I, I mean, like Muppet Babies. 
I, I, I think I knew about <laughs> Muppet Babies before I knew about the Muppets. So I'm watching Muppet Babies and all these cute little things. And then all of a sudden I saw like the real live Muppets and I didn't understand what was going on. So I've never really made that transition you just like in my Muppet mind. Muppet Babies because of the Star Muppet Wars episode babies. that they had. You yeah. remember the Star Wars episode? <laughs> yeah. It was, it was loosely st- tied to Star Wars. I actually watched that on YouTube not too long ago. I don't know. I never quite transitioned over to the live action Muppets, even though I do like the show at Disney. See, I love um, the live action Muppets. I like Muppets 40. That was, that was okay. Yeah. And the newest cookie monster commercial for iPhone, which is Sesame street, not Muppets, but uh, it, it's a Muppet. <laughs> it's a Muppet. They're all Muppets. It's a puppet. They're all Jim Henson. Muppets. Yeah. So. That, that is a really good one. And you had an epiphany by cookie monsters eyes. Yes. It's like been this <laughs> I still don't get this. Question mark of how, Cookie Monster's eyes work. I know I could probably look it up on the internet and find out really quickly, but I'm watching the video and I finally saw how it worked and it blew my mind. I'm not going to try to explain it because I can't really no, explain, just explain it verbally. Explain it because I still can't get it. Like I, I still know, don't understand it. it. Just talk about it. It's like it's a <laughs> ping pong ball with a little black disc that's like nailed at the top and it just the little black just swivels around the nail it's so simple it's not even it's not even electronic it's just the way the muppet moves so just whenever he moves his eyeballs move all crazy like you see i i need a visual i'm a visual person so i need to i need to to see the actual contrast so you'll just have to build that i'll have to build it and and then then show me how it works yes exactly. we'll we'll use googly eyes when we start doing video casts and stuff it's not even googly eyes it's even (laughs) less advanced than googly eyes it's really cool uh, another show that um, we've been watching this season, Second Chance. Oh, Second Chance. Joe, why don't you talk about Second Chance a little bit? I love Second Chance. Second Chance is up there with Fox. You know, you've got to give Fox some credit. Ever since Firefly, I feel like they've felt guilty ever since Fly- Firefly with sci-fi shows and giving but them a chance. But they keep doing the same thing. I know, they keep canceling them. They keep canceling them. I, I don't think Second Chance will be getting a second chance. Oh. <laughs> um, I don't think it'll be coming back for a second season. But, man, what a great show. What a great show. It's a cool premise, too. What was the one last year with uh, um, Carl Urban? Almost Human. Oh, was it Almost Human? Almost Human. Or there's Being so Human. Many, there's Being Human, Almost Human. Yeah, Almost Human was another great one. It had to be high budget because it was futuristic. Mm-hmm. But... Um, they just t- don't quite hit the nail on the head. Dollhouse was great. It got a second season, but they Barely. canceled it, and it was a great show. Um, they, we had Almost Human. That was a really cool cast, a, mm-hmm. a really interesting plot. Again, it was slashed before it had a chance to kind of go back to the drawing board and fix what were the problems. And that was a great Minority show. Report, oh, was, I didn't like it from show. the very beginning. Yeah. But it could have been something cool. I just don't think they were successful in creating that world. And then Second Chance, it's all on that same line, but they can't quite make it work. But I don't I don't think it's a problem with the show. It's a problem with it not finding its audience. And I, I hate think, it because I think some Fox, of the shows have their little problems, but they could but fix not, them pretty easily enough. for a second season. Yes. They need to give them a chance. If these shows were on CW or something like that, they would have a second season, no question. Yeah. But or if they were on sci fi. But the the issue is they, they immediately send them out to pasture. I feel like these shows premiere after American Idol one night on Tuesday and then immediately go to Friday night. Mm-hmm. Like it's just like, okay, this is gonna be our one tax chopping block. This is the one we're gonna write off as a tax, yeah. you know, break. And 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 between that and almost human and 
you know, I think these are these are what I consider the the Fox guilt sci-fi guilt trip. Well, let's let's keep today. talking about Fox here for a second. Another one that has a 50-50 chance is Sleepy Hollow. So that's actually had a few seasons. It's right. on Fox. It's got that supernatural element. It's more procedural though. Its first season found its audience and I feel like it's been trying to recapture the magic yeah. for the past two seasons. The first season was amazing and the second one kind of premiered to a, a whimper and and even even I was like so excited for the second season of Sleepy mm-hmm. Hollow, but that first season was amazing. The second one just kind of. I'm gonna be honest. I'm nine out. episodes behind, and if it doesn't get renewed, I'm not even gonna watch the rest of them. So that's a big question really? mark. Yeah, I I don't need to to commit that time if it's not gonna get another season. Yeah, yeah. So I can that's see another that. that's another Fox. They they've actually tried to work with that one. I'll probably finish watching it, Let's especially talk, if they wrap it up. How about X Files? See that's that's the funny thing. X Files is probably going to get another season, and they were just clearly having fun with that. I mean, it had I had no continuity. I I had <laughs> First I dropped and last off, episode maybe. I dropped off of X Files watching X Files probably after the fourth or fifth season as a kid, and never really went back and watched the rest. But this this one maybe had one or two episodes that actually felt like X Files when they made these episodes. I mean, they were just clearly having fun. But I feel like it literally could have been a made-for-TV movie with the first episode and the last episode yeah. because literally all the episodes in between had nothing to do with either I want them to get some writers of Fringe in on this action. Kind of combine yeah. Fringe and X-Files for the next season of X-Files. Even Maybe even open the Fringe vault and get some of the old cases. there's an X-Files reference in Fringe. There is. In the first season there of Fringe. Is. So that might be a it. cool Easter egg to kind of go back to that because fringe was pretty successful that was another one fox actually gave it the it was time barely day. successful yeah. and, and but that it gave was it it's hundred episodes that was the rare that was that show was in the same camp as uh almost human and second chance but it scooted by every season but remember every season it was on the chopping block yeah and that last season specifically season five i think the only reason it got a short season five was because it had such a vocal audience even though that audience was small and fox did not want to turn around and pull a firefly and regret it 10 years later so they gave it a a small final season and it had a conclusion and it was and yeah, i was really happy up. with that i yeah. like it when they at least give them a chance to wrap up the storyline even if it's like a two-hour like movie or something exactly yeah. they could just give you two extra episodes i'd be totally okay with that yeah um, and then the last one we want to talk about is supergirl it looks like it is has a pretty good chance of renewal I was totally against this show. Yeah, that one turned at the a corner very for you, beginning. Didn't it? I I just didn't even want to watch the first episode. I wasn't invested in it. It I looked like, super this corny. Looks so, yeah, so corny. I don't know what's going on. And then I watch it, and I can't wait to watch it every single. It, it goes along in chronological order with Arrow, Flash, DC Legends of Tomorrow, and Supergirl. Try to watch them all in order. And the crossover. Yeah, and all the crossover episodes. So she's just such a lovable character. Both as Kara and Supergirl, mm-hmm. I think the casting is what has sold me on this show, 100%. And I love how they're throwing in some other. Um, I, I think I think the monster of the week mentality with this show is it, it can be weak at times, but um, we're also talking about you know Arrow, which we love, and they just recently had a a B woman episode as their most recent you know criminal of the week. So which I, is the second time we've seen her. Yeah, right. So. The funny thing is, Supergirl does keep it lighthearted. It's the complete and total polar opposite 
of the DC Cinematic Universe in movie theaters, and I think that's absolutely necessary. I think it's needed. As corny as it is, as much as it feels like a more Christopher Reeve era type thing, it still manages to keep itself up to date. Um, between the cast of... Uh, Callista Flockhart. Callista Flockhart. It's Han Solo's wife, right? Harrison Ford's yes. wife. Yeah. Yes. Princess <laughs> so Leia. There she's, we go. <laughs> she's great. All her friends on the show are great, and she's just, like you said, adorable. So I think the cast has a lot to do with it. And again, like we were talking about earlier, it's a, a Burt Lenny production, so... I, I expected it to be at least on the same quality level as Flash and Arrow, and I think it has been. So Yeah, I've been really impressed with it. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing going against it is its ratings. It's not as high as other shows' but that, ratings. That means but, nothing for any but other But it's network. probably like 5,000 times higher than any CW yeah, shows. it's just because it's on CBS, and yeah. CBS has 10 million viewers per show or something crazy. Yeah. So. So that kind of wraps up our Endangered series. Some premieres that we're excited about coming up soon. This is the the final season of Person of Interest. Another great, great show. If you want to catch up on it. Catch up on it and watch please it. Please do. It's it just has such a great core cast and a really nice premise. It's premiere date is May 3rd. So that's going to be the final season for it. And it has a shortened season. With Person of Interest ending that's that's going to be a huge one for you guys to catch up on if you if you listening to this you know what we kind of go for that's one of those series that the the stars the the characters shine and mm-hmm. it, and it's one of that doesn't feel like 22 episodes was hard for them to write no it, it's not and like it's, when i heard it was a shortened final season I'm like no but it's funny because it, it has a, a very huge sci-fi premise that mm-hmm. does not feel overtly sci-fi or in exactly. your face. Mm-hmm. It's ground level, uh, gritty, and and it's, and it's not hard to understand. sci-fi that could be pretty realistic in the not-so-different future. Could be so happening, we just don't know it, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, definitely definitely watch Person of Interest. Probably one of my favorite shows that has not been on TV in a long time. But yeah. good good for CBS as, as high-rated of, a, of a, a channel that they are for actually giving... A show like this, like a very, very much like a fringe, that has a huge following and a loyal fan base, giving it a, a final proper send off. Mm-hmm. So good for them. That's the way it should be. And last but not least, something I actually wanted to mention uh, was it's on the television front. It could kind of go for television and movies. Obviously, the endangered TV series was kind of our, our TV pause point of the week. Uh, but Netflix is going to be raising their prices come May. Uh, they're they're streaming service for i think two devices at a time is going up to ten dollars a lot of people are mad about this and they're (laughs) they're raising a lot of frustration about it but you know what i don't think anybody is going to bat an eye yeah it's an extra dollar paying that extra dollar yeah it goes from it comes down to it nobody's gonna say oh i'm canceling my netflix service they're they're gonna pay it but you got to think about all the original series they've come out with between daredevil and jessica jones the marvel stuff the comedy stuff house House of cards Cards. yeah i mean it i'm surprised it hasn't gone up before this honestly i mean i think a lot of their dvd mail service that they started out with doing has probably dropped off so they they they've probably seen their entire consumer base switch over to the digital stuff the streaming stuff Mm -hmm. and um i wouldn't be surprised if we start hearing about a lot of their dvd distribution centers being shut down. I think Redbox is actually probably getting more of that business yeah. than they are at this point, probably. Or our local library. Or Yeah, our local library. <laughs> Visit your local library to rent movies for free, by the way. <laughs> yeah, definitely check out the library system. That's kind of 
They have movies. Of course, they have graphic novels because they're a library. Yeah. Um, Blu-ray. Video and games. And if they don't have what you want, a lot of times they'll order it for you and put it now, in their um, their stocks. So. We, are, we are spoiled. A lot of you know we're in the Cleveland area, so we're in the state of Ohio. state of Ohio has one of the best library systems in the country, but still... It is there, and a lot of people don't even think about it. Yeah. So So visit your local library. Yeah. And get a book, too, while you're at it. Get a book. Read a book. (laughs) Read a book. (laughs) Book it. Book it. Oh, my gosh. I remember Book (laughs) It. Book It. The Pizza Hut tie-in with Uh, Book It. You used to get Pizza Hut rewards and... That's one of my main reasons for reading. When if I was you a kid. if you read enough books, you get a book at party at your local Pizza Hut. Yeah, you were the coolest kid on the block. Pizza. <laughs> That's our throwback for this week. Yeah, we're we're dating <laughs> ourselves there a little bit. So, yeah. all right, so let's move on to the video games. Pause point, Joe. Why don't you start no, us out they, on this take one? Take it away, please. Tell us all the video games you're playing. <laughs> I played so many video games this week. Man, free sell is really getting hard on my iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you are going to be playing something soon. Right. Ratchet and Clank. Ratchet. I don't know. Are you? Are you going to be playing that? Yes. Yeah. That's the one I'm most excited to play. Are you going to see the movie? Oh, yeah. Really? I I love the characters. Sometimes I get tired of playing the game Mm because I don't like to play games for a really long period of time. But I really like the characters. I like Ratchet. He's a little Lombax, little character, and Clank, Mm -hmm. and Captain Quark, and... I'm really excited to to it's see what the how close it is to maybe the first game. I don't really know what to expect from the. Do you movie. even remember what the first game is? I do. I do vaguely remember how the first game went. It's well, it's been funny. A long time. They they say this about every Ratchet and Clank game. Every generation that it comes out, that it's the closest thing to playing a Pixar movie. Yeah, exactly. That's that's <laughs> the tagline that's used with every review of. These. I'm just gonna take a controller with me into the movie and pretend <laughs> just, like I'm just playing. Pretend it. Like, oh, that's like, wow, I've gotten really good at this <laughs> that's a great picture we should post that yeah <laughs> so i mean they say that with every single movie and i'm you know i i totally agree with it in most cases i agreed with it on the playstation 3 for uh what was the first one cracking time no cracking time Crack was the time's one. the latest one i don't know the first one it was the first one in the ratchet and clank future mm-hmm. but, title, a, but a lot of video games are saying that like it's the best visuals yet i mean, remember we first played uncharted the first yeah. uncharted it was just so beautiful and then the second uncharted came out and you're like wow i, well, you I go can't play, believe that first uncharted looked like that you go back and try to play the first uncharted that's been up for playstation 4 and that's still rough so, yeah um but this one i mean playstation 4 graphics and ratchet and clank it looks great it does it looks amazing yeah. um i can't wait to see it maybe on the, i'll, on the I'll live stream on twitch a little bit i think you should live stream that Along the same time, uh, we finally sit down and play some Larcroft in the Temple of Osiris. Yes, yes. <laughs> so we'll be we'll be hopefully doing both of those here soon. I know we keep talking about them, but I also want to wait until we get a little bit more of a uh, listener base. Yeah. To uh, to do those, and we can get some more uh, some more people watching that. So let us know in the comments to this this podcast on Facebook and and write in. Let us know what questions at postpointspodcast.com. What what's a good time for you guys to to want to see some of these live streams if you're interested at all? So, yeah. um, I know we got to up our our video game listener base here a little bit as well. So yes, I uh, need to up my video game play. You do, you yes. do. It's it's you know maybe when you get your television watching show count down under a hundred, you might <laughs> yeah. have some video game time there. You might have some time. <laughs> when they come up with the camel up video game. <laughs> 
That'll be that'll be when I go. That that it. is a board game that we'll need to talk about in the in the very future. It is so much fun. It's basically just betting on camel races, and it's yeah. all statistics, and it's so much fun. And by the way, our gaming pause point can definitely include some board game talk, but we've got our our list our, our litany of things that we have to talk about this week. So yeah. so let's dive right in. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Xbox. This Xbox. is the first time we're talking about Xbox yeah. on our so our this is kind of huge, and I want to kind of throw a shout out to. Two of our listeners, Matt and Karen, have so graciously uh, actually donated an Xbox One to the Pause Points podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. That's awesome. You guys don't have to do that. Obviously, we don't want to be getting those kind of gifts from everybody. Um, but that was that was huge. Uh, so hopefully, we'll be able to uh, better cover the entire user base of 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 the actual gaming Pause Point by by covering. Uh, PlayStation stuff and Xbox stuff. I'm I'm still going to be a huge Xbox fa- or PlayStation fanboy. Um, so I I, I do want to get some feedback from you guys as well on on Facebook and Twitter and and uh, I'll probably actually tweet about this this Xbox here coming up in a bit. I want to know what I've missed. What's the Xbox exclusives that I should go back and check out on 360? Since I think Xbox Ones are backwards compatible, unlike PlayStation 4s. So you know, kudos to them. So what's the big the big exclusives on 360 and Xbox One that I've missed so far? I'm I'm down with going back and and trying to play a couple of those at least to some extent. And I'm talking about exclusives, so stuff that's not on PlayStation. And remember, I'm not big into like the Halos or the Call of Duty first person shooters. So yeah, and what might be better on Xbox than PlayStation? Yeah. There might be some gameplay that's a little different. So what should maybe um, Joe try on Xbox instead? Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to. I think the first thing I'm going to try to play is Quantum Break. Uh, I know that's that's very relevant right now, and it's getting very divisive reviews. So I'm very interested to start playing that and let you guys know what I think about that. That's that's probably a pause points podcast, uh, severely rele- uh, relevant video game as it deals with a lot of uh, TV actors, movie actors, uh, and blends the two of those things together by having literal 20 minute TV episode live action episodes as it as it's cutscenes. yeah and i might join in and just watch gameplay and then watch the live action part yeah i mean well. lance reddick you're a huge fan of lance reddick mm-hmm. being from fringe and john wick and oh yeah he's he's in that and the guy who plays Littlefinger, mm-hmm. um and the guy who plays iceman and x-men movies yeah i really like him so i always wonder which one of him is in a movie or a video game is it him or is it his twin brother yeah it's very confusing because <laughs> he was two characters in uh smallville as yeah, well it was yeah. like I, I could never tell them apart because they are pretty I don't identical. remember his name, but look him up. He has a twin. Even, I don't even think they're identical twins, but they're, they look they're close so enough. much alike that they could be identical twins. They're, yeah, they're pretty much identical. Yeah. So uh, so that's that's one of the things. But yeah, let us know. Questions at pausepointspodcast.com, Facebook and Twitter. Um, you know, Leave it in the comments to this, this post when the podcast goes live. Let me know what you think I should be playing. On that front, the Xbox front, uh, we're going to talk about something here that I... I kind of already have my opinion made up about, but I want to get Faith's get Faith's opinion as well. Xbox is doing a big push right now to do cross network play with um, with any developer willing to do it, and I think they're kind of throwing it out at PlayStation specifically. Uh, Rocket League, which we've talked about on the podcast before, just came out on Xbox, and it's going to be the very first game where people can play it across PlayStation, Xbox, and PC over the internet. 
and they're saying, hey, we've done it with this. We want to do it with everything else. Now, my opinion on this is that uh, they know they're losing this console war and they want to get everyone ingrained in the Xbox universe as possible and get that crossover from a lot of the PlayStation games, um, the third-party stuff that's going to be on both consoles. But what, what's your what's your take on this? I want to hear what you think from an outside perspective. I understand your point, but I don't think that you should only be friends with PlayStation people or you should only be friends with Xbox people. I think it would be nice if one of your good friends has an Xbox and you have a PlayStation to be able to play with them. So... I kind of understand where everyone's coming from, but it I don't know. I think it's hard to say no to that. I agree, and I think console wars are stupid, and I have no problem with this whatsoever. I think it totally makes sense. But at the same time, if they're going to take this step, then why have console exclusives? Why not release Quantum Break on PlayStation? And I mean, there's a reason for them doing this, and I wonder whether or not they would even approach this or, or do this if they were winning the console war right now and they were blowing it out of the water like PlayStation 4 is. so Yeah, well, I think there's a difference between having a console-exclusive game in itself. Like, just you're your own player and you don't. it's like single-player mode. You're not multiplayer or anything yeah. like that. I understand having exclusives for that, but if it is released on multiple consoles anyway, why wouldn't you be able to play yeah. multiplayer I agree. with other people? I think that's more where I'm coming from. Um, I think you should have console exclusives because that does make your console way more relevant. If everything is on every console, what is the point? Yeah, well, people would like to say that we're moving towards a one console future. I don't, yeah. I don't know if that's going to happen. Digital only, I can see we'll, possibly we'll see happening Bill in the Gates future. Has to say but, about that. Yeah, right, exactly. But I do wonder if they'd be making this push if because they didn't make this push last last console cycle on the 360, and they were the they were for a majority of the time. I think PlayStation Three caught up to them after a while, but they were the they were the winning console of last generation for the majority of last generation. I get it, but let's you know tie back into our talk about American Idol, social networks, yeah. everything social has come so far since the last console was released. Mm-hmm. So to alienate half of the people out there, it, it doesn't make sense anymore. Yeah. Like it it is a social network just like Facebook, just like Twitter, all of this online play is the same type of thing. Yeah. And I think they need to make sure that they're reaching out to everyone and everyone's able to play with each other. I don't think it's going to hurt anyone. If anything, I think it's going to boost the players, the number of players out there and playing I, with each I other. And I agree. And I think that's that's what possibly they're kind of hoping to do in the background is is making making the mind share of consumers out there say, oh, well, it doesn't really matter if I get an Xbox or PlayStation because I'll be able to play with my friends on either one. I think there's they're looking towards the future in that a little bit. On the flip side, PlayStation is kind of cagey about it. They're not really coming out and saying, yeah, sure, let's do it. But I mean, there's really no incentive for them because they're finally back at the top now. And I don't blame them for not being all yeah. gun ho about this because this is kind of the thing that they didn't do well the last generation, the whole online play thing, and now they're finally getting it right. And, I think um, their biggest mistake was going with HD DVD rather than Blu-ray. I think that oh, was Xbox. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that was one of their biggest problems that they had. Gosh. So I think that set them back a little bit as well. Do you remember my? Oh my gosh! Obsession with that that Joe war? for the longest time. He's like, <laughs> "What am I gonna do? What should I get? I don't know what to do. What's gonna win? Is Blu-ray gonna win?" And when it didn't look like, I mean, it was like neck and neck for a long time. He's, oh, I think I made the wrong decision. But no, but then like, when I finally made a choice, and I and I, I mean, I was always it. gonna get PlayStation. And then I think but, what was Transformers came out. On oh, that Blu-ray. upset me. 
I wrote a letter. I wrote a letter to Paramount. <laughs> I was so mad. <laughs> and then remember Transformers finally came out on Blu-ray and they gave everyone who bought the DVD of Transformers because they didn't have an HD DVD player. They gave them like a $10 off coupon to buy yeah. the Blu-ray copy of Transformers. It's because of my letter. It was a struggle. I made that happen. Yeah. So I, I'm not a game. I'm not as into this uh, gaming war. I can only say what I think as an outside perspective, but I think that it probably will happen. And and to clarify, I'm not a troll. I'm not one of these guys out there that's like only PlayStation all the time. I think both consoles have their 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 merits. Even though setting up my Xbox One the other day, I couldn't get over how huge and large and clunky this thing was it's kind of amazing anyways um you know i I think they both hold their merits but i I do think it's kind of funny that that they're they're pushing for this now so all right uh the next thing that ties into something i think uh sony is actually doing wrong and i want to get your opinion on this one as well is there's rumors that sony is coming out with a playstation 4.5 a new updated um, like Spider-Man 2.5. Yeah, right, exactly. Oh gosh, that was a terrible idea for a DVD. But they, there's a lot of controversy about this, and this is something that I necessarily don't agree with. I think a console cycle it lasts longer, and that's what people are used to. I think they might be trying to turn around and pull a iPhone and have a new Apple 6s. Yeah, Apple 6s. And it's funny because those things cost just as much as video game consoles, mm-hmm. but um, I think this will alienate half of their user base. I don't know why when they're so far ahead and blowing it out of the water, they're going to throw kind of a pebble in the water and, and, and kind of cause some ripples, I, I think is the inevitable thing that's going to happen with this. And it's looking so like more and more this what is, is this updated happen. PlayStation 4 going to look like? Why is it going to cause ripples? So they're, they're saying that it's going to be causing a higher fidelity of graphics. The graphics are going to look better. The ubiquitous communication between this and PlayStation VR is going to be better, that the online stuff will be better, that the system itself will just run better. You'll still be able to play titles on the PlayStation 4 if that's the case. Now, nobody knows. This is all speculation and rumor right now, but it's looking like this is actually going to happen. It's just saying that that it's going to cause a a higher graphical experience for the people who want it, whereas in my mind, it, it kind of seems like that the people in the last generation that adopted early that were the ones that were dedicated from the get-go are kind of going to be left in the dust here. And I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. I mean, don't get me wrong. If a new one comes out, I'll probably get it. But I don't want... See, that's the thing. That's exactly what they're counting on. Yeah, yeah. I think I disagree with you because people with the iPhone 6 are perfectly happy. But the 6S offers those moving pictures and just little things here and there. Some people are going to upgrade mm-hmm. from their 6 to a 6S. Some people aren't. Some people are very happy with their PlayStation 4 and the graphics and the fidelity that they, it has. But some people might want that little boost. So I don't think I don't really think it's going to alienate anyone. I think, if anything, it's going to be a moneymaker for PlayStation because if people haven't hadn't gotten it before, they're going to be like, wow, it's that much better. Now's the time I need to get it. People that already have it, like, eh, I'm going to buy another one because I want this higher graphics. Now, you know, here's where I will agree with this. If this is an add-on or an attachment that people can literally click into their PlayStation 4 or something like that, 
like like putting in a new hard drive or snapping something into the USB that would make it just as awesome as the newer, slimmer PS4.5 that's coming out where you have the option to, hey, you can either buy this new PlayStation for $400 and it's newer and does a lot of better stuff, or you can just get the attachment I don't for think they'll do that. 50 bucks. They want, like, they want to make the money. They want to sell the entire I, I think that's alienating a huge... I don't. I think, it, I think that's just the way businesses work. I know, but I don't want I don't want the video game universe to turn into the iPhone, you know, in the Samsung. But it will. New I mean, phone that's every year just, kind of thing. That's what consumers are used to. They're used to the bigger, faster, better graphics. I, I mean, I think that's just the way things are and and unfortunately th- that's that's what we are conditioned to but do. But that's and not we're the environment to. that that gamers are used to. I mean, a lot of these gamers are younger kids, a lot of these gamers, you know, parents don't see a gaming console is necessary as a phone. So I think, I think a lot of these people they put a lot of their well, hard-earned cash into getting. It's not necessary to have moving pictures either. No, I understand but that. But people buy that. Okay, we're talking PlayStation Four and Xbox. What about computer gamers out there? They are always building a, a way bigger yeah, computer. True. They're getting yeah. higher graphics cards, bigger monitors, and all of that can be customized. But they're still upgrading constantly. But they're able to swap swap those components out individually. Yes, but that's just the benefit of doing computer gaming over PlayStation gaming well, over Xbox gaming. I, I think I think Sony runs the risk of alienating a large portion of its of its consumer base, and I, I think I think they're going so strong and they don't show any signs of slowing down. I think this could trip them up a little bit, but. You know, we'll see. I guess I, they're they're saying that it could possibly get announced before PlayStation VR even actually comes out in October. So, well, let us know what you think. Uh, we we definitely have differing opinions on this. So, let us know um, what side of the line you fall on. Yeah, with both of these issues. So, all right. So, thank you, Faith. Those were our two big video game pause points of the week that we really want to discuss. You're welcome, so, Joe. Yeah, thanks. It's good to have a. A little bit of back and forth. I know our video game section on this podcast has been a little weak, but we're still finding our footing. So thank you, listeners, for keeping up with us. It hasn't been weak. I we just don't have any other gamers. So I'm well, trying to throw it. Throw. Well, in by there. the time we get there too in our podcast, I think we're all like, uh, our voices are just like we've talked about Star Wars for the past 50 minutes. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, but really quick, those were our big ones. I want to touch on a few things. Uh, the the big news points, I think, for the past couple weeks that I wanted to bring about was, uh, the first one was Firewatch. I wanted to give a big shout out to Firewatch. I meant to do a Ooh. Firewatch review. We didn't do it. Campo Santo, this was their first big game, and uh, I believe they made back their money in one day. They, they sold half a million copies in their first month. Um, I think I said first day, sorry, but I think in, in, in one month they made back their, their money, they made back their investment. They will hopefully fix a lot of the stuff in this game with their next one. I'm excited to see what they'll do. I loved the performances. I loved the story. The game itself, I know I didn't do a review on it, very glitchy. And, and I'm not one to really pick on stuff like that, but really glitchy. Actually took me out of the experience sometime, even with their update. I was still playing it after their big update came out. Still glitchy, mainly around the time in which you know the game saves happen. But but story wise, performance wise, great game. I, I can't wait to see what they come out with next, and I'm glad they they did well. It had really nice coloring, like when it had sunset and like midday. It was, it was almost it was a really pretty game. It was almost graphic novel. Yeah, like if it, if you can make a graphic novel on a video game, it was definitely saturated in the color of the day. Yeah. So it was very in Earthy. the reds and um, golds at night, like yeah. towards towards that um, sunset time. It was it was pretty game. It was it was interesting. It was almost like cel shading from a first person 
perspective of an open world, which is something yeah. we haven't seen before. So um, that was great. So good, good for Firewatch. On that front of games needing to make back certain amounts of money, you know, I've talked about this in the past in different segments, I think with Tomb Raider and, and how Square Enix said we needed to make, you know, sell 5 million copies in order to have another one and so on. Final Fantasy 15 is finally coming out. Uh, it's coming out later on this year. It was finally announced. Pre-orders are going out. It's selling like gangbusters. This is a game that's been in the works for 10 years. It was originally, I think, Final Fantasy versus 13 and now it's final fantasy 15 i'm not big into these games uh i know friends of ours are but this game specifically has come out and said it needs to sell 10 million copies to make back in its investment and so how much does a regular video game cost 60 bucks that's like so it's like 600 million that's yeah that's yeah. that's a huge amount of money and it's because they've been twiddling their thumbs for you know 10 years but between this and and games like the last guardian which you know a lot of PlayStation gamers will know that's an exclusive from Team Ico. They came out with um, Shadow of the Colossus and, and Ico, and those were hugely regarded as some of the best games on PlayStation history and, and PlayStation Two and Three. They have been literally making Last Guardian since before the first Uncharted game came out. Wow. So uh, Naughty Dog has put out Uncharted One, Two, Three, and The Last Guardian and Uncharted Four by the time it's taking them to make one game. Mm-hmm. And they have just now confirmed in the last year that Last Guardian is supposed to be coming out in 2016. So my big thing is I, when these investments are made and the time is put into these games, there needs to be a time where they either just cut it and run or they need to go through with it. Because yeah. this is this is a huge investment for these studios and, and people can't keep this kind of stuff up. I mean, there's no... I hope this game makes that much, 10 million copies, 600 million. But man, that's, that's Call of Duty territory. But... Yeah, and you got to think about the people working on these games for such a long time. I mean, it has to be exhausting just working for this company. They have to get paid. To get, yeah, yeah, they have to get paid. So, I mean, this this is one of the reasons I think that the gaming industry is, is tough for the people who actually make the games is because yeah, they're such a... We talked about this, whereas the gaming industry, the employees don't have a union, don't have any necessarily job security or no. a minimum wage for that they need to make in order to break even so it is it is a hard industry to work in and stay in long term because it has to be scary to know where your money is coming from after a while i mean we used to live in florida right next to full sail university it's a huge gaming community it's it's a huge area where people go to learn to make games and do development and stuff like that but that that career is just up in the air it's it's so up and down and, and ping pongs back and forth depending on what company you work for what game i'm but not it's a, a huge industry it's a I huge mean, industry yeah they they're going to have a deficit in the years to come yeah. not not enough people working on these just because it's such a growing booming industry but this is also where it's mirroring the movie universe is there's not a lot of middle of the road the game. movie universe the movie universe <laughs> It's not, it's not, there's not a lot of middle of the road games, just like there's not a lot of the middle of the road movies anymore. It seems like it's either indie movies or it's blockbusters. It seems like mm-hmm. now it's either indie games or huge blockbuster games. There's not a lot of middle of the road stuff anymore because the, the video game universe <laughs> can't support it. The industry can't support it. And I feel like there are so many people making games just for like iPhones or Android. It's yeah. a really fast turnaround that can make a lot of money. Yeah. So what's the draw to making a really long term exactly big game then you then you turn around and have something like call of duty come out and it's the biggest entertainment release 
of the year every, almost every year it beats beats movies it beats games it beats music it's it's huge mm-hmm. so i mean it's there and i'm not and i know we've talked about this and i wish chad was here because this is political so he would just eat this up i'm not big into unions i've not been a fan of unions in the past but i do believe the game development industry does need a union just to protect them and their jobs from from game to game and company to company yeah we'll so. have to circle back to this the next time we talk we'll definitely make a note to yeah. to bring chad in on this conversation to see what he says about it i think bioshock did this right though i, I think bioshock infinite was a little long in the tooth it went along a little longer but that was out of a labor of love they knew what they were doing and they got it done but I think that's a good example of a game going on a little too long, but still still getting in with a reasonable time frame was about three years. Mm-hmm. So on the front of all of what we were just talking about and things going a negative direction, uh, a lot of a lot of people know about Drive Club. Uh, that game had a very mixed reviews and, and very, very hard time coming out. It, it was supposed to be a PlayStation Plus free game. And then the only the paid version came out, and it was just it was very very tough uh, time for that that game. And that studios had a very good history, but this game they just stumbled on. Not shocking. Uh, Evolution Studios was shut down by Sony recently, so um, a lot of people predicted that. But obviously, our, you know, our thoughts go out to those people working at those studios. Hopefully, yeah. they can find something else. But that's that's always tough when that happens. So as far as game companies actually improving their stuff, Telltale. Uh, for a very long time, people have been crossing their fingers and hoping for this one, but Telltale has come out and actually said that their engine will be updated for the release of their their newly announced Batman game. Now, Telltale games are something I've been a fan of for a while, but they do look like the engine, the game landscape in and of itself is a little old. It stutters a lot. There's a lot of hiccups and slowdown and just... The game in and of itself sometimes doesn't look that great, and I think the only reason it looks as good as it does is because they've kept that comic booky look, so it can get away with a lot of it. But with Batman coming out, they have announced that finally with the new generation, they're updating their engine, so hopefully things will run a little bit smoother and and and, and be a little better looking. So. Yeah, I think I only played about 30 minutes of a Telltale game, and I didn't like that I had to make so many decisions. And You do not like Telltale games. Let's No. I, I don't like having to make decisions for characters that are so <laughs> radical and life changing. I like just following the storyline. Like I, I just felt guilty about every decision I made, whether it was a, a good choice or a bad choice. I feel like bad things happened anyway, so I didn't. I wasn't really a fan of that. Well, I I like it and and I, I get into it, but uh, but it is it is a little stressful. It's not very stressful. <laughs> it should be fun. <laughs> but it's funny and like that's that's one of the least stressful gaming experiences I go to when I don't feel like playing it. I'm kind of tired. It's more like watching an episode of a television show. It's like an interactive TV show or an interactive book or a choose your own adventure book. So I like that. I, I put myself into that world and I choose as if I were in that world, whereas you try to I play as the characters and what choices are normally made in that genre. And so I, we just come up with different results, but, but I think bad things happen. But anyway. you make a pre-assumption that you know what's going on in that universe and what that universe is like as yeah, your yeah. random character in there. So I exactly. Don't, yeah, we disagree yeah. on that. But anyways, <laughs> I played about thirty minutes and I was done. I think that's why you stress out yeah. so much. But so that's that's good news for everyone involved. Telltale's needed and to Batman, be that for that quite some be time. And Batman, that should be a really that should be a really cool setup for a Telltale game. And we haven't seen too much of that, but I like the look they're going for. It's it seems like very classic graphic novel, almost maybe even some like black and white thrown in there as mm-hmm. well. So I'm very. I love the the visuals of an old Batman comic. I yeah. just like the 
the blues and the blacks and the grays. Yeah. I think that it could be a beautiful game. I think if they play their cards right with this, they, they've got the story part down pat. They do a good job with story stuff. Mm-hmm. If they do a good job with the the engine on this mm-hmm. and they get the visuals right, I think they could be up there for another game of the year nom. Or So is this going to gear more towards like a live action look? I know they've done Walking Dead, and it has kind of that graphic novel feel to it. Or is it going to go more towards, I think, the the graphics or the, the animation of Batman, the animated series, is so pretty. Yeah. I think that could be a really cool game. So I don't know what kind of graphics I think they're going to go for their own towards. animation style, personally. And when I say the engine's being updated, you might not know exactly what that means. But but keep in mind, that's, that's more like the inner workings of the game and how well it runs. Mm-hmm. I don't I that- think... When I played through it, it was kind of slow. It was it did chuggy. Take a long time yeah, to it was load. chuggy. And I don't think they're going to change up much of their look. I think they'll update their look so it actually looks like it's, you know, like it's taken a little bit of a step since the PlayStation 3 or Xbox 360 era into the next generation. It, you know, just kind of looks smoother right now, even though it's 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 skipped an entire generation. So they might update that look slightly, but I don't think they're going to really venture off too far from what their look of their games are. It's it's a telltale game. Everybody knows what that looks like. But like I was saying, I think if they play their cards right, if they nail the engine and they give this a very unique look, I think they could be up for a game of the year nom or even like one of those video games as art discussions, I think I think would, would really feed into this. So Cool. Yeah. I think it'll also be the gameplay, the story that they they decide to tell yeah so last but not least the big thing that i wanted to announce that i'm excited about for (laughs) for our podcast partner over here faith she has actually uh been given the gift of being becoming a video game character herself so tell me tell me a little bit about that students at my school (laughs) are creating um there's an 8-bit video game just about the inner workings of the school so they decided they wanted me to be in it so i'm gonna be a little 8-bit Video game character. I've so got this my is, hair and like kind of the outfit that I normally wear on certain days. So this is your students that are yep. doing this. Okay. Mm-hmm. For those of you who don't know, Faith is a teacher, and uh, and so yeah. So I was so, very honored that they asked me if they, I would be in their game. So I'll be a little eight bit character. I'm very really jealous. Cute. I've always wanted to be a video game character. I'm hoping that'll still happen. But yeah, maybe I can you, get the skin for a Mario Mario game or something. <laughs> do you get? Uh, anything cool like you get the whole lifesaver or something no i think i just <laughs> probably just yell at the kids to be in dress code or something <laughs> <laughs> so your job in the game is to walk around and yell at kids to probably tuck in their shirts probably. okay great <laughs> cool all righty well i think that's it for the gaming pause point this week so faith do you have anything else I think that's it. Um, as always, please uh, check out our website. It's pausepointspodcast.com. There you can get links to all of our social media, Facebook page, Twitter, at pause underscore points. Yeah, and, and also on that page, you'll you'll link directly to questions at pausepointspodcast.com. You can leave us an email there, or you can email us directly You know, from however you want. Yeah, we have a comments point. page as well on our website, so you can just send us a quick thing in there. It's just a little form that you can fill out just giving us some feedback. Yeah, absolutely. So let us know there. And always, please don't forget to uh, support us on Patreon if you can. We're trying to, as we've said at every podcast, take this as far as we can go. We want to get video, video casts going and, and put up more videos and pictures and, and stuff like that. We're putting as much time into this as we can. So if you like what you're hearing, uh, tell your friends, share, you know, give us reviews and and support us on Patreon if you can. We, we appreciate it as always. Yeah, so thanks for listening and we'll catch up with you on the next podcast. Talk to you guys soon.
Rebels out. Rebels out. <laughs> Such a nerd. <laughs> Bye.